Hello and welcome to the Select Sector Spider Sector Digest podcast for the week of October 16th, 2023. I'm your host, Paul Bayaki, ready to dig into all things sectors for the week ahead and look back at the week that was. And as we previewed on last week's pod, this was very much CPI and PPI week. We had other economic data, consumer sentiment, which, by the way, came in slightly weaker than expected. We had some Fed minutes, which typically give us some insight as to what the Fed is discussing and how they're discussing it. But it was really all focused and anchored around PPI and then CPI. We also had the market watching closely those financial earnings, and we'll get to that in a second. But on the inflationary front, this is a very interesting moment in the inflation cycle because on the one hand, both core numbers came in in line. PPI in line at 0.2% month over month, core in line at 0.3% on CPI month over month. But headline was higher than expected on both prints, PPI at 0.5%. And then CPI headline at 0.4% month over month. So the fact that those numbers, those headline numbers are ticking up. And of course, core strips out what is, what is the most volatile components of inflation, food and energy, et cetera. The fact that headline is at the very least outpacing what the market is expecting speaks to the fact that we're not necessarily at a fork in the road from an inflationary perspective, but we're very much in a delicate moment with inflation, we've, we have people who disagree on the direction of inflation from here forward. You've got folks, Nobel Prize winners, saying the inflation fight is over, the Fed's battle is basically over, and the inflation story is dead. You've got other folks who are saying that typically you see a reacceleration in inflation at this point in time. And we're seeing, at least in real time, crude oil prices, natural gas prices trending up. We're seeing some of the raw materials, commodities, industrial metals, etc., trending up, all of which could, in theory, spill over into core with enough time. And if that's the case, then the Fed very much is in a very difficult, delicate position going into the end of 2023 and entering 2024, because the market has largely priced in cuts from the Fed in 2024. The timing of those, again, people disagree about. But the point is, is that the Fed has paused now. And we've seen public language from various Fed presidents, and we'll get to that in a minute, around the need to perhaps hike again or to stay vigilant or the fact that rates will need to remain higher for longer to fight the inflation story. And when you think about the components of inflation, the sticky components and the various pieces of these indexes, one of the things besides energy, besides raw materials and and commodities prices that at the very least is at risk of putting upward pressure on inflation is wages. And we see these strikes and the the near-term risk, of course, is that the strikes at the UAW, the strikes at Kaiser put upward pressure on those wages specifically, but non-union labor is a bigger slice of the overall labor pie in the United States. And if we get a spillover from union to non-union labor, pushing prices up or wages up, I should say, that could have significant impact on inflation into 2024 and beyond. So something to watch. Now, all in all, a, a pretty 
moderate week, if you will, in the market. S&P 500 up 45 basis points. Nine of 11 GIC sectors up for the week. The loan sectors that were down were materials and discretionary XLY, which was down 1.02%. We did have a lot of action this week. 817 million shares traded across the select sector spider lineup. Now, financials up 48 basis points was somewhat surprising because we had some pretty strong earnings from those firms headlined by JP Morgan at the end of the week. But the momentum into those earnings and out of those earnings wasn't enough to create a leadership position for financials last week. We'll see if this carries over into next week. But the leadership this week was somewhat surprising. You had energy, well, not all that surprising, up 4.5% given the move we saw in crude oil prices this week. We saw XLU up 3.6%, utilities, which, of course, worst performing sector in 2023 coming into the week, and then XLRE up 2.32%. So you had a little bit of value-oriented investment, perhaps, or relative performance stemming from a mean reversion on some of these sectors that have lagged so much this year. Technology up just 23 basis points, so it lagged the S&P 500 this week. Communication services up 24 basis points this week, so it lagged as well. So those three sectors we talk so much about discretionary technology and communication services all underperformed the market this week. And yet S&P 500 is up 45 basis points, thanks in part to the really outsized rallies we saw in energy, utilities and XLRE, which in aggregate are a very small percentage of the S&P 500, but help lift the market. And anytime you have nine of 11 gig sectors up for the week, unless it's a massive decline in very specific sectors like tech, communication services, and discretionary, you're probably going to have a green week. And that's exactly what we had. From a flows perspective, we had 7 million shares redeemed across the select sector spider lineup, 7 million in XLF, 7 million redeemed out of XLU, 3 million out of discretionary and communication services. So some significant redemption activity in a couple sectors and then Discretionary communication services saw some redemptions, but then we saw 5 million created in XLE, 4 million created in XLI, and 3 million created in XLB or materials. Now, I wanted to focus on industrials and energy this week and the implications of some of the geopolitical instability we're seeing globally, but I really didn't have the heart to do it because it feels a little bit crass to talk about the benefits to industrials companies or the benefits to energy companies based on a war that's breaking out in the Middle East and something that's really impacting people in a awful way. And I just didn't feel right about it. And so I just want to say this, my thoughts, my prayers are with the people in that part of the world. I'm not going to make a political statement on any of it. I'm just going to say these are human beings and my heart breaks for all of them that are going through all of these things. And what I will do this week, instead of focusing on one sector, is just talk about tax loss harvesting, because we are in the fourth quarter, and this is the time of year where people try to reconcile what's happened so far in 2023 and how they can reposition for 2024. And part of that reconciliation process is looking at positions that are down and figuring out ways to either harvest losses in those positions and maintain exposure to some of the fundamental themes that they were trying to capture in those individual positions, or the flip side is 
trying to figure out ways to maybe diversify those individual positions. So I'm just going to throw a stat at you. So coming into last week, you had 267 individual stocks in the S&P 500 down for the year. So more than half of the index by name is that is trading at a loss for 2023. Now, some of those stocks people are constructive on. Some of those stocks may rally into year end and may, may finish the year green. But ultimately, though, there are a number of stocks in the market spread across a wide range of sectors. And we know this because we have a very foundational piece of research on the Select Sector Spider website, sectorspiders.com, that talks about the difficulty in picking individual stocks and the likelihood of outperforming a sector given your choice of individual stocks. You could have a sector like energy, for example, which was up 60% last year, and pick a stock that was down considerably. Now, the flip side is, is you could have a stock in that sector that outperforms. But the point is, is that picking individual stocks is difficult. It comes with very specific idiosyncratic risks. Of course, it's a concentrated position. And a lot of people who invest in individual stocks are actually trying to capture a lot of the dynamics that impact the sector and not just that individual stock. So for investors who are thinking about individual stocks, outsized weightings in the utility sector, outsized weightings in the real estate sector, two of the worst performing sectors here in 2023, and looking for a way to perhaps offset other taxable gains that they might have in their portfolio, one way to do so would be to replace an individual stock position with a position in the sector that that stock maps to. It's a very straightforward way to employ a very popular strategy of tax loss harvesting. Now, caveat, of course, is that I'm not an accountant. This isn't tax advice. It's just relating a very commonly used way that investors capture or harvest losses in individual position, be that a sector, be that an individual ETF, be that an individual fund or an individual stock and ensure that going into year end that they've maximized any potential losses to offset potential gains. Investors see their advisors do it on their behalf. There's algorithmic processes to this run by a number of investment firms. And so the point is, is that sectors are a very useful tool for affecting tax loss harvesting in individual stock positions. And again, sectorspiders.com has a tremendous amount of resources to help you determine all you need to know about those individual positions and, of course, the sectors that they map to. Now, looking ahead to next week on the economic data front, we've got retail sales, we've got consumer confidence, so we'll get a great feel for the state of the consumer. We'll also get some textured housing data, home builder confidence, housing starts, building permits, leading economic indicators as well, which I love to dig into because it gives us a great feel for just how long it's been since those indicators peaked and where we are and how that compares to prior market cycles and whether or not we've seen an improvement in some of the components of that index based on the conference board surveys. And then we'll hear from 13 different Fed presidents and governors, including Jerome Powell. So this isn't exactly Fed week. We're not exactly getting a Fed decision, but we're sure as heck going to hear from a lot of Fed stakeholders, and we're going to get a varied view on their perspectives, on their outlook for the trajectory of Fed policy, which, of course, when Jerome Powell is involved, can be market moving. 
on the earnings front, we've got more than 50 S&P 500 companies reporting this week. And I'm just going to go sector by sector at some interesting companies. So Johnson & Johnson, Healthcare, XLV, United Airlines, XLI, Industrials, Tesla, XLY, Consumer Discretionary, B of A, Financials, Prologis, XLRE, Freeport MacMoran, XLB, Procter & Gamble, Staples, XLP, Netflix, Communication Services, Kinder Morgan, XLE, Lamb Research, XLK. The only one that doesn't seem to be represented this week is XLU, which might be better because some of the recent releases and public talking points from the utility sector have certainly dragged that sector down. So a lot to digest this week on the data front, on the earnings front, a lot for investors to focus on. And of course, as we move forward into year end, there's always a tremendous amount of resources available at your fingertips at sectorspiders.com. So I want to thank everyone once again for listening. My name is Paul Bayaki, Chief ETF Strategist at SSNC Alps Advisors. I hope everyone has a wonderful week and we'll catch you next time.